0: Hello and welcome to The Muppets, the sitcom, the podcast presented by ToughPigs.com. This is the podcast where we revisit The Muppets' grand return to television in the 2015 ABC series The Muppets and see how it holds up five years later. You can follow along with this series by revisiting The Muppets 2, now streaming on Disney+. Plus. I'm Joe Hennis, your host for today's show,
1: and alongside me is our other host. Say hello, other host. It's me, the other host, Ryan Rowe from ToughPigs.com. Yes, and for future
0: episodes, you'll be hearing us alternate hosting duties, but today we're here together because we're looking back at episode number one, Pig Girls Don't Cry, in which Miss Piggy has a talk show, Kermit has a girlfriend, Fozzie Bear has a girlfriend, everyone's got new stuff. So let's talk about that episode. Everybody has girlfriends in this. Everyone's got a girlfriend except uh, except probably most of the viewers who are watching the Muppets.
1: Aw. Uh, sorry, that was a little sad, wasn't it? Well, I, no, I'm just thinking because like Rizzo and Yolanda hook up in this. Also, we see them. and that's true. Uh, there's a moment there, and uh, yeah, that's true. Later in the series, you know, Gonzo finds
0: finds true love. We'll get to that in a few yes, weeks. Yes, that'll I'm sure. come later. Yep. So, um, but before we get into the episode, uh, we're going to be asking all of our guests what their relationship to the show was, um, you know, back when it aired in 2015. So, Ryan, what was your relationship to The Muppets, the sitcom, back when it originally aired?
1: Um, I was very excited about it. Uh, I don't, I should have looked back at the exact timeline um, based on our, our coverage of it, but... Um, I remember that it was announced that they were going to do they were going to have a new series that was going to be more like a like an adult oriented sitcom and some people were freaking out about that a little bit and I was just thinking no 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 let's let's just wait and see let's you know it'll probably you know I don't think it's going to be that adult I think I don't think there's going to be any like you know R rated sex scenes or anything in this Muppet series and then that presentation pilot came out which we will probably talk about in a future episode and that seemed very promising so that was exciting and then uh the series premiered i think we'll talk about this but i think this is a really good first episode so i was completely on board with it um it did, as the series went on not everyone was completely on board with it <laughs> as you know as it progressed and there were some flaws and some things that they tried to correct that maybe it was too late but you know i watched every episode obviously um, I think I still like it more than most people, but um, yeah, that's pretty much it. What about you? Uh,
0: so yeah, I, I'm kind of similar. I, I remember I watched the um, the test pilot. It had leaked um, uh, to us pretty early on, and I got really excited based on that test pilot, partially because you know the office was uh, you know was a big hit in Parks and Rec and like that. The mockumentary format was was big, and it was definitely on its way out. But at the same time, um, we knew that like it was the same as The Muppet Show and, and the variety show format. Like, it didn't matter that, that it was on its way out. The Muppets were here to poke fun at it and to uh, you know, to kind of do it better than anyone else ever had. And um, the, the, the test pilot kind of reflected that a, a bit better than the series ended up. But it still gave me like a lot of hope and opt- optimism for what the show was going to be. And I especially like the fact that uh, they were trying something new. You know, they weren't just going back to the Muppet Theater. Um, because at the time, I felt like there's no way you can recapture that magic. Let the Muppets, they don't need to be like hip and trendy, but like let them be a little bit modern. Let them kind of find that new audience that isn't just based in nostalgia. Um, so yeah, I was really hopeful that this would turn into something really great. I think the first couple of episodes I remember watching and really, really enjoying. Yeah. Um, I think a big part of that also was, um, you know, like running a Muppet fan site, you know, we, you and I, we, uh, we saw all of the press stuff and we had all these photos coming in. Yeah, we were watching
1: every promo. Yeah, exactly. So, like, we were, like, really
0: drowning in Muppets promotion. And not to say that we, like, you know, quote unquote, fell for it, but, um, I think, I think I did buy into, like, this is a good, new, exciting show. Um, the, the other thing that I'm remembering now that I, as I'm saying all this, talking about promotions is, uh, right before this this episode aired there was the big story that Kermit and Piggy broke up and it was like a huge yes. news story and um we were interviewed like for a few uh news sources which was really fun uh and uh you know we we got to be kind of part of the muppets universe in in a weird you know tertiary way um so that was uh that was another thing that kind of got me jazzed about like like where are we going with this
1: <laughs> yeah yeah which i think that ended up being sort of blown out of proportion i i I go back and forth on whether it was a mistake for them to make a big deal of it like with press releases and things saying kermit and miss piggy are officially broken up um i guess it was good to get eyeballs on the show because it made people pay attention to the show but i don't know It, it may have sort of put a bad taste in people's mouths from the very beginning
0: yeah, I could see that, especially um, you know, people already have such a negative view of Miss Piggy, and I will say, as we're about to go through this episode, that this episode does not help right. <laughs> with that negative view. Uh, but uh, you know, Kermit Piggy breaking up—it's it's a negative thing, and then they're going on the on to like talk shows and stuff, and like they're angry. Like we are, we're like we're actually setting up the series on a real dour note, and I think you know we maybe would have done it to help to just to see you know are we gonna. See the drama and see everyone kind of come together in the end. And, you know, eventually I think we, we were going to get there a little bit with this series, but we got a long way to go.
1: Yeah. And
0: um, there's a lot of, uh, again, just negative emotions that, uh, tied to it. But I, I will say, you know, considering the promotional push, you know, I, I've said this many times, but when the 2011 Muppets movie, also called The Muppets, super confusing, um, yes. <laughs> when, when the movie came out, it, it, the story basically was uh, The Muppets are back. There was a reason that people needed to to go to the theater and they needed to tune in. The problem with Muppets Most Wanted, which I would argue
1: is is probably a superior
0: movie, and it, I it think is a, a better movie, movie and
1: a better Muppet movie. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And uh, but the problem was they didn't find that reason for people to go to the theater to or to watch this thing. So most people missed out on it. With the show. I feel like they needed to find something to get people excited. And this was the thing that they landed on. And honestly,
1: it worked. Like, people were talking about it. It got people talking about it. I think the thing about the 2011 movie, a lot of it was hung on people our age and older, the nostalgia of, like, remember the Muppets and how much you loved them when you were a kid. So that's kind of what interested people in the Muppets in 2011. And then Muppets Most Wanted was just, like, here's a really good, really funny Muppet movie, which apparently wasn't enough to get people in the theaters, and then this one is like, oh, so here's the Muppets trying something new, and people watched a few episodes of it and kind of went, oh no no no, we don't want to, see, we we just want to think of the Muppets as a nostalgia, like, you know, why are they doing something new? Why don't they just do what we remember them doing from when we were kids?
0: And I think that you you also landed on it just a second ago when you said that you know people um uh you know they they have this you know feeling of, of watching it as a kid and like they're tuning into this and like there's some adult themes not like you know nothing pornographic but like you know there's a couple of like swear adjacent words and there's some 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 sexual adjacent innuendo there and, yeah there are a,
1: a very few times when i thought they went too far but yeah mostly i i think it's it's an it's within acceptable limits for the muppets I agree with that, but let's let's start going
0: through the episode, and yeah. we will pick up on a few of those. So, um, so our first major scene. In this episode, is uh, all, Kermit and most of the rest of the Muppets sitting around a meeting table, having a production meeting before filming an episode of Miss Piggy's new talk show up late with Miss Piggy. Um, so the uh, the fun thing about that, I still remember watching that for the first time and being jazzed about the fact that like all of our friends are here. It's like Kermit, Fozzie, and Gonzo, and also like Pepe and Rizzo were there, and also like Big Mean Carl and and Chip the IT guy. <laughs> we didn't know was named Chip the IT guy yet, and like it was just cool that they we have found a reason to just throw all these muppets in there.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I love seeing them all crowded around the table. Yeah, it's all these characters we love and also sort of recalls other sitcoms like one of the conference table scenes from News Radio or something. Yeah, that's a great
0: point. Um I don't we'll, we'll see as we go along, but I don't recall that they had too many of these these conference table scenes cuz that one would be like good recurring thing I can think of a couple but we'll see as we go through the series. Um, there's a the thing that I think threw me off in this rewatch also was the fact that like there's this Muppet brand of chaos that I, I think people talk about a lot and um, some productions think that all you have to do is put a bunch of Muppets on screen and have them all talk at once and that's Muppet chaos and that's not really true you know like Muppets historically it's like there's explosions there's monsters eating other monsters there's you know um uh, like weird character moments that happen in between the characters you know who are sitting at the other end of the table or whatever yeah the the level of
1: weirdness and and chaos on this series was a major point of discussion
0: yeah, and this is a great example of that because the only the only really truly weird thing that happens is that Bunsen tases Beaker uh, to get everyone's attention.
1: That's a great joke too. I mean, that's you know, it's it's fun to see Bunsen hurting Beaker. It, he yeah. he does it to get everyone's attention. He he tases Beaker and Beaker goes me, and everyone looks over to see what's happening. And then Kermit sort of looks startled and says, "Is that safe?" And Bunsen says, "Of course, I'm wearing protective gloves." That's a very solid Muppet Show style joke. Yeah, it's, and it's very Bunsen in character.
0: Yes, uh, exactly. Yeah, And especially, you know, I think it's important to point out that uh, Dave Goels has a couple of great scenes in this in this scene, uh, great moments in this scene. Um, and he's the one guy who was around. I mean, Steve Whitmire was around too, but Dave was really around for the whole Muppet Show.
1: For the whole uh, run of the Muppet era. Show, yeah.
0: Exactly. So, um, you know, that and uh, a moment that I liked a lot, which felt very much like a Dave Goles joke, is that Zoot wakes up and it's told that he's in a meeting and he stands up and he begins to say, hi, I'm Zoot and I'm, and they stop him before he says that, you know, he is an alcoholic or yes. uh, something like that. Like whatever he's in that sort of meeting. Yeah. Yep. So whatever yeah, that's the kind of thing we're like, that's, that's a pretty decent joke for adults. And it's the kind of joke that it will go over a kid's head, which is a good exactly,
1: thing. Exactly. Exactly. It's innuendo and it's a funny joke and yeah, it's harmless.
0: Yeah. Uh and the thing I think that, that point that um stands out most to me, uh, in this scene is the fact that we're already getting a glimpse that everyone isn't is, they're not this isn't like the Muppet Show where they were just characters filling the, the backstage. Everyone actually has a role in a job. So, you know, the electric mayhem we find out here that they're uh they're the house band. Right. And um they're still learning the rules of how to be a house band. Right. And uh Sam the Eagle is the uh, the network sensor and he tells Kermit that uh, the words that they have to cut from the next script are crotchety, twiddle and gesticulate gesticulate yes
1: <laughs> yeah
0: um, And uh, yeah I just I, I just kind of like that you know it gives everyone a purpose and also you know I, if you've ever been on a TV set uh, then you know that, there are a ton of people there. There's more people than Muppets. And like, it's not that hard to just kind of say like, okay, you're the grip and you're the makeup guy and you're the IT guy. And you know, everyone has more than enough to do.
1: Right. And I remember we were all very excited when they first started, when the details of this series first started coming out. And it was like, you know, Oh, Gonzo and uh, Pepe and Rizzo are the writers. And Sam is the censor. And that, yeah, it was like, Oh wow, this is so perfect. Like we, we love, you know, hearing that all these characters are going to have something to do on the show.
0: Yeah, and it does give them a little bit of like, some moments, um, like gives them a reason to have dialogue, especially because as a talk show, there, there's not many reasons to get these characters on stage for sketches. and stuff. Right,
1: that uh, that's becomes an issue where yeah. you know, they, they should have found a way sooner to get the characters to be performing for the studio audience.
0: Yeah, uh, and uh, this scene also has one of the few mentions of the documentary crew, which is technically
1: us, I guess. We, um, I, I guess we're watching the documentary.
0: Oh, uh, that yeah, I guess that makes sense. But yeah, uh, th- this is a great moment that was in the test pilot, and it was here too. It, it was maybe a highlight of the test pilot that um, Kermit says there's a documentary crew. Gonzo has a talking head saying, "I hate those things because you know there's they always cut to. I'm not quoting, obviously. You know, they're always you know cutting to the talking head, and they say one thing, and they cut back to the action, and they say something completely different. I hate that." Cut back to Gonzo, and I love that. Yeah. So I thought that was going to be the kind of thing where, like, they were going to be constantly poking fun of the mockumentary format, and this is really the only time they do that.
1: Yeah. Maybe there's only so many things you can do to poke fun at the mockumentary format. But I, I think at this point in the first episode, they just maybe felt like they should explain why that was happening.
0: Yeah. And of course, the uh, the fan theory is that uh, Walter is the one filming the documentary,
1: which is yes. why we never see him. In no. Show. Yeah. I like that.
0: I like that, too. And, and hopefully uh, we'll, we'll be able to get Peter Linz on uh, on the record of saying that. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. It, it was um, He's just going to make the call. Yeah.
1: Did Parks and Recreation ever explain why there was a camera crew? Because I know Modern yeah. Family didn't. Like Modern Family yeah. just sort of uh, pretended that it wasn't actually documentary style. The Office did, but yeah. Right, Parks I guess and Rec you, didn't.
0: They never explained it.
1: Yeah, you don't really need that.
0: Yeah, but then uh, also, like, the big show that's going on right now that uses that format is what we do in the shadows, and they do reference the crew uh, every so often, which mm. is, is fun because you forget, and then they yeah. remind you <laughs> that there's humans there. Yeah. So uh, in our next scene, uh, we have Piggy uh, coming out of her dressing room with her makeup people. Uh, she tells Kermit she's got a few demands, um, including that uh, she doesn't want the uh, janitor looking through her garbage, so please put some generic trash on top of her real trash. yes. Um, and she doesn't like the smell of lilacs, and Kermit makes a note: talk to God about lilacs. Right. Uh, and uh, she doesn't want Elizabeth Banks to be on her show, which is a shame because Eliza- Elizabeth Banks is delightful. Hmm. What does Miss Piggy have against El- Elizabeth Banks? I don't know, but we do find out in a later scene that uh, Piggy uh, auditioned for a role in The Hunger Games, um, and we thought that might be the reason. Uh, yeah,
1: that that scene is not very good.
0: It's not very good. It's already very dated and it's weird that Elizabeth Banks would be like in the 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 audition process.
1: Yeah, I guess like she's screen testing with Piggy. I don't know. I guess. Or Piggy's yeah. screen testing with her. Um I this scene where Piggy is telling Carmen about her demands. This is actually really an astonishing technical uh thing because this is hard to do with people. You hear about when when a live like when a TV show with live human actors does one of these long walk and talk shots where they're running down a hallway, talking quickly and doing jokes, and there are people in the background. And so I can't imagine how hard this must have been to do this with puppets, where I guess the the puppeteers must have been on dollies and just scooting across the floor or someone's pushing them and they just have to hit their marks and get the timing right. It's very impressive. Well, I think that's close, but I,
0: I will say I did visit the set. Once, right. Yes. Um, and uh, it's an elevated set. So the puppeteers were able to, to walk up. Oh, right. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Uh, they built the whole set. I mean, it's it's a great. it was a beautiful set because it really looked like, like a real office, um, just elevated four feet higher in the air.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they we also, do occasionally see humans in it but I guess uh yeah they just give them a place to stand.
0: Right yeah exactly or or like they they have probably had some chairs that were up higher so they could sit at a desk or something. Right. Okay uh, so the camera and,
1: just has to follow the characters as they as they do this walk and talk.
0: Yeah exactly which is still difficult so I mean, the yeah. reasons you said um and I if I recall they I believe they had uh most of the walls could move. So that they could make room for cameras in any angle, uh, and it was a three hundred and sixty degree set, so they could film in any direction. there was no fourth oh ball. cool it, it, it was, it was the show
1: was there. probably pretty expensive that that might have been one thing that contributed to its demise
0: I mean the truth is is that puppets are expensive well, know? right, they Muppets make, are always
1: expensive, yeah
0: yeah, yeah, but uh you know the, the you know they did build you know two big sets it was this and the and the stage yeah um. But at the same time, like if you were going to do the Muppet show, you would be doing the same thing and probably a lot more. So. Right. So it, maybe it was expensive, but the cheaper option in the end? Yeah. So um, soon after this, uh, Kermit uh, drops one of his, his classic catchphrase swear words, and he says, my life is a bacon-wrapped hell on earth.
1: This was in every commercial, every promo for the show. We heard that line a lot. That's
0: right. Uh, and uh, then Sam of course comes in as the censor and says can't say hell
1: Sam passes by in the back of the frame which is like that That makes the joke twice as funny
0: yes I agree um, it it still is a little weird to hear Kermit say hell um, I think not because he's swearing I think it's okay for Kermit to get upset but because it's not coming from a place of anger or frustration it's coming from a place of like depression uh, yeah
1: yeah um I think it would be stranger to hear Kermit say something like "What the hell," but "hell yeah. on earth" somehow—I don't know—that <laughs> that sounds more like the biblical hell.
0: Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, but he still cannot say it, and 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 Sam was probably speaking on behalf of many of the uh, uh, the parents who were watching. Yeah, who so that not, was yeah. Who,
1: that was a whole thing. Yeah,
0: <laughs> people who don't want to hear Kermit say four-letter words. Right. Like frog. Sorry. How dare Sorry, you? Sorry, everybody. We're going to have to put one of those those uh, those adult ratings on this podcast
1: episode now. If only they knew that when he was on The Tonight Show in the 70s, he said cockatoo and curb feeler. Curb feeler. <laughs> a great scene. Everyone
0: should go watch Kermit hosting The Tonight Show. In the yes. Uh, which is also, by the way, uh, a focus of one episode of uh, Ryan's other podcast uh, by uh, ToughBigs.com moving right along so you should watch the special and then uh go listen to that that podcast episode yeah
1: who was the guest on that episode i think it was me (laughs) it was you yes it was you
0: (laughs) it was me it's hard to remember after all these years
1: (laughs) because we've had so many conversations about kermit on the tonight show just in real life
0: that's true that is very true yeah. Uh, so uh, Tom Bergeron is uh, in, in a scene uh, coming up because Kermit feels like he's got to not use Elizabeth Banks and replace her with another celebrity. And Tom Bergeron is always down. To work right. With so
1: the the idea here is that Scooter went to the set of Dancing with the Stars and asked Tom Bergeron if he would do it, which to Kermit's dismay, because as Kermit says, you uh, went to a room full of stars and you bring back term- Tom Bergeron? <laughs> That's a good joke. Go- joke. It is good, yes.
0: Also like that's like that's a that's a side of Kermit we don't see very often. Like Kermit is ca- like kind of insulting to a celebrity and I love it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, me too. He was yeah. he was meaner on the Muppet Show than I think people remember. So you are 100% this is what we're seeing. Correct.
0: Yeah. Um so uh, some of the 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 uh programs where Tom Bergeron has crossed over with the uh, Muppets include yeah. Dancing with the Stars, America's Funniest Home Videos. Yeah. The Jerry Lewis MDA Labor Day Telethon. Uh, he appeared on Sesame Street, uh, and he inducted Jim Henson uh, as a Disney Legend. Oh. So that's just a, just some of the credits. There are more than that. You can go look at Tom Bergeron's Muppet Wiki page to read all about it. But uh, yeah, yeah, he he loves working with the Muppets. He'll never say no, which is I
1: like Tom Bergeron a lot.
0: You know. It's the kind of guy where, like, I, I'll I'll read about him or I'll see a picture and I'll be like, "That guy really?" And then I'll see him in something like this and be like, "Oh no, he's he's funny, he's charming, he's game." Like, I got nothing against Tom Bergeron.
1: Yes, well, he I I have never watched Dancing with the Stars regularly myself, but my wife watches it, and uh, my wife uh, Stacy, um, Tough Pigs contributor and frequent uh, guest of Moving Right Along, um, and yeah, he just kind of brightens up the whole thing. Well, he I mean, he did. He has since been fired from that show, which is Aww, very sad. Oh, what a shame. Who's the host yeah. now? Uh, Tyra Banks, who I don't is think is choice? as funny as Tom Bergeron. Hmm. Yeah.
0: Hmm. Is uh, It could have been Elizabeth Banks, the it guest of this episode. It could have been. Wow. Of this episode. So um, as we previously mentioned, uh, one of the subplots of this episode is that Fozzie Bear has a girlfriend. Uh, Fozzie Bear, who uh, has never, I mean, I guess he's hes kind of flirted with the idea of, of finding women attractive before, but yes. this is the first time it, he's ever been romantically involved with anyone. Um, but uh, he has a girlfriend. She is played by Ricky Lindholm, who is delightful.
1: She is. There's also a scene uh, leading into that, which is another great technical shot of Fozzie driving a car, and it appears that the car is actually being driven on the freeway.
0: Oh, good call! Thank you for pointing that out. Yeah, uh, I love that. That's great, and it's also as you mentioned to me before we taped this episode. It's got another one of those classic, classic uh, lines, uh, which I'm assuming that you know uh, by heart because I just kind of wrote it down for not verbatim.
1: That uh, about Fozzie's, um dating profile? Yes. yes. <laughs> when you when your dating profile says "passionate bear looking for love," you get a lot of wrong responses. Well, not wrong, just wrong for me
0: it's it's funny because I feel like the timing of the joke gets ruined with the second half but it's it's uh, it it makes Fozzie, first of all, not look homophobic and which is important. Well, and we don't also, want Fozzie to look homophobic. We do not, definitely don't want him to look homophobic, but also like like it's this sheepishness of Fozzie that is important to his character. I was just like, well, ooh, you know, not for me. Yeah.
1: Um, That's not yeah. my Fozzie Bear impression. I, like. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> I think it yeah, I think it works because it, he is being sheepish. Like, oh, I, I didn't know that's what that word meant. I don't know. Yeah, right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah important for character. Yes. And
1: yes, that, that as you say, that was also in every commercial and every promo. And I've yep. seen animated GIFs of it. Yeah, people love that joke.
0: Yeah. Um, well, things that I love include Ricky Lindholm, who plays Fozzie's girlfriend, sure. who is one half of Garfunkel and Oats, uh, along with Kate McCucci. Uh, is she Garfunkel and, or uh, Oats? I, you know what? I always think I know, and then I look it up, and I'm wrong. So I don't, I don't know which one's Garfunkel which one's outside. Right. <clears throat> but, um, you know, she's, she's been in a ton of TV shows. Uh, she's, she's a talented musician. Um, you know, this was uh, – the role of um, Becky is her name uh, was played by uh, another actress whose name is – I'm talking slowly because I'm looking it up. Oh, uh, yeah. Her name is Margot Harshman. Um, we'll be talking about her another time, uh, but uh, yeah. So uh, Becky is uh, th- apparently they've been dating for a bit. Like this isn't this isn't new. This isn't Fozzie's first date with this girl um, because he's already meeting her parents. This is when he's
1: going to meet her parents. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, and then the whole sequence is a metaphor for racism. Who knew that
1: was going to be in a Muppet TV show? Um, well, yeah. No, I'm trying to think if they've really. I don't know. There've been there've been moments in – in muppet history where they like humans refer uh, scornfully to like the frog or the pig or
0: but here's the thing is is that's more like like we're just talk- we're talking about how weird it is that we're in a room full of animals this is like specifically the dad played by jer burns uh character's name is carl yeah uh carl is saying some pretty hurtful things in fozzie's eyes about you know being a bear and, uh, you know, they're like, the, the mother and the daughter are both kind of being like, no, don't, don't say it. Don't say that. And, you know, he's just kind of acting exactly like, you know, someone whose daughter is dating someone of a different race, and he does not approve. Right. Like, it's, it's all in the tone.
1: Yeah. So it, you think it's a little bit too harsh?
0: I think it was way too harsh. Mm-hmm. Um, I, do, I do get the joke. I mean, here's the thing. If this was a different show with a different franchise – like, maybe it would be amusing because, you know, there are racist people out there and let's make fun of them because racism sucks right. and racist people suck. But this is a Muppet show and, you know, I don't know if I really want to see, you know, Fozzie uh, being this kind of victim, especially like being a victim of something that he has no control over. Because usually Fozzie is the victim of his bad comedy. But right. like that's his choice to be a comedian. It's his passion. And, you know, he knows that, like, I mean, any comedian knows you're going to have to. You're gonna You're bad nights, you're going to have bad sets, you're going to have bad audiences, you're going to have hecklers, and you just keep with it until you succeed. And Fozzie just has never succeeded.
1: Yeah, um, well, it's interesting that you mention it in the context of him being a comedian, because I think this is one of those things where I like that they're trying to do something different with the character, something we haven't seen before. And I, I think it also... I like it because of how passionate Becky is about defending him, and you know she's saying like he, you know he's nice, he's funny, he's obviously very handsome. So yeah, I I think it's to to me it's funny without being uncomfortable.
0: That's fair. That's fair. Um, by the way, uh, Carl is is played by Jer Burns, who is a, a veteran TV actor. Uh, he's been in a ton of both dramas and comedies, which I find interesting. Yeah. Um, my, my favorite role of his, uh, he was uh, a regular on Angie Tribeca. Yes. Me, An- Angie Tribeca. Yes. Um, I only ever see him in that role in my mind. Uh, right. Apparently, he's also on uh, uh, Justified and Breaking Bad and Burn Notice and a bunch of other things. Hmm. Um, the mom, uh, whose character's name is Holly, uh, she is played by Megan Faye. Uh, who is also a TV veteran she's been on shows like Roseanne and Mad About You and Seinfeld and Big yeah. Bang Theory and and stuff like that um, she was also in uh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels directed by Frank Oz oh wow and she was in the Creature Shop film The Country Bears which I've never seen
1: wow uh, you know that's probably on Disney Plus
0: it is definitely on Disney Plus because it's sitting in my queue and I'll well, probably never watch it, it. Is, we'll see I,
1: I will not say it's good but i should say <laughs> that you i will say that you should watch it
0: Okay, well, I watch a lot of bad movies, so I'm sure, I'm sure we'll get to it y- soon. You
1: so. probably already know about the scene with Christopher Walken and and the model of Country Bear Hall, right?
0: I I don't think I do. Oh, okay. Um, I, if I do, I've forgotten it. Okay, uh,
1: I will not tell you anything else then.
0: We'll do a we'll do a whole podcast episode about Country Bears. Sure. After I, after I watch it, let's do that.
1: Yeah, it's relevant.
0: Yeah, no one will listen to it, but sure, let's <laughs> talk about it and record it. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, So uh, earlier we were talking about the characters uh, all having a role on the show. Um, We do see Gonzo, Pepe, and Rizzo pitching one of their script ideas uh, in in the next scene. For Tom Bergeron. Uh, Yes, for Tom Bergeron, and it's Dancing with the Czars, including Catherine the Great, Dancer, and Ivan the Terrible, Dancer. (laughs) Which is... Hysterical. yeah. And Gonzo, oh, excuse me, uh, Rizzo and Pepe both come in in, uh, in costumes and they dance around, and that's the whole sketch. It feels very much like a 30 Rock sketch that they're pitching something stupid that yeah. wouldn't, we'd never actually get to see. Uh, so I appreciate that on that level. Um, but it also m- makes me notice that for the majority of this series, by which I mean The Muppets, not Up Late with Miss Piggy, we never really see any of the sketches. So Gonzo's uh, uh, work as the head writer is never really used. <laughs> on the yeah. show very rarely used yeah shows.
1: that is weird and i know this was another thing that was discussed and picked apart a lot by our you know our muppet fan friends like should this bit have been weirder should it should there have been like a bunch of uh whatnots in russian con- uh, costumes popping up and dancing behind them when uh gonzo mentions uh the foxtrot should there have been a Muppet fox who comes in and starts dancing. So yeah, I think this is sort of evidence of like the show is willing to be uh, weird to a certain extent, but there's a, 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 there's a limit to how weird it will allow itself to get.
0: Yes, that is completely accurate. Um, So next we meet a new Muppet character and who is it? It's Denise. The head of marketing. And she's a pig and she's dating Kermit the Frog.
1: Who is this pig? I am so furious that they introduced a new pig character that Kermit is dating. A new
0: sexy pig character. Like, they deliberately made her sexy. I
1: guess. You know, I people say that a lot, but I don't know. She's still just... You know what it is? She, she's
0: got curves to her and not yeah. the same kind of curves that Piggy does she even has like a tiny bit of cleavage showing. She's got those
1: big eyes. <laughs> it she does have yeah, she does have come hither eyes.
0: Yeah. And like here's the thing. I I'm perfectly I mean, look, we're we're two, you know, cis white uh, men who are talking about gender parity and all that. Uh, True. So like we're not the experts here, but um you know if if they were going to introduce uh, you know, a new quote-unquote sexy character, I would hope that they would introduce I don't know five new female characters right. you know and, and let it be like one of many and then we would never would have noticed but we have one character and her only purpose is being kermit the frog's girlfriend like we, she, we rarely hear her talking about like what it's like in the marketing department
1: yeah yeah this is another uh, like starting out i thought that people were were really overreacting i mean people did really overreact to the existence of this character and you wrote a very funny uh tough Pigs article about, like, like who is she? Is she going to ruin the Muppets? Is she going to destroy the world? I don't know. Just, like the exaggerated reaction that people had to the announcement that Kermit was going to have a new pig girlfriend. If that's the same article I'm thinking of that I wrote, it, it was all we knew about her was there was like a
0: literally a, a two second shot of her sitting on the back of a golf cart going past. The right.
1: This was before the, the series had aired before any episodes had aired. It was just the, you know, the press releases and stuff saying they Kermit's yes. going to be dating a pig called Denise. That was it. And people yeah, were so- freaked out. Yeah,
0: we knew nothing about her, um, and I think that was that was the funny part about it. And we still, like, I mean, we'll see through the, the rest of the series as we rewatch it, but I don't yes. think we really find out much about her at all. No,
1: I gave them the benefit of the doubt, and then they did not uh, follow through.
0: Yeah. Um, all right, so moving right along, uh, we have uh, Elizabeth Banks shows up, uh, despite the fact that Kermit wanted to cancel her appearance on the show. Um, and... Uh, First of all, there's a scene where sh- where she walks in. They're, they're having another meeting, and we see uh, the chef who is apparently working um, craft services. Uh, he hands her. He has a tray full of what looks like fruit punch, but each one has a pickle in it. Oh and, yeah. And... Uh, I, thought, I thought that was a really nice, like, we don't really have time for, like, a whole scene with the Swedish chef, <laughs> right. but this is exactly what he would be doing yes, as yes. craft services. I thought that was a really nice background gag. Yes, that um, is good. But in any, in any case, we now, next we get my favorite scene in this episode, which is Scooter trying to distract her by taking her on a little tour of the lot. Right. Uh, he uh, puts her in the golf cart, and they're driving around, and um, <laughs> long story short, he and Elizabeth Banks get into a little fight because she realizes that he's just trying to distract her. And she tosses him off the golf cart and he falls to the ground, which is a we, little like we a little see shocking. Scooter's
1: entire body fall on the ground from the golf cart.
0: Yeah. And then she's driving away, and then a second later, Scooter comes out of nowhere, he says, I'm back I'm and back. He starts wrestling her again, and then she tosses him off the golf cart one more time. It's one of those things where like I don't know exactly how the puppetry worked, I can kind of guess. It gives Scooter some interesting action. Um, and we're gonna see a lot more of Scooter, um, you know, being more of a, a three-dimensional character throughout the next few episodes. Um, and uh, I don't know. I just thought it was like weird and fun, and like it wasn't the Muppet Show. It wasn't the kind of thing they do there. But like, let's you know, having a little bit of um, antagonism between a, a guest star and a Muppet—it it really is Muppet Show.
1: Yeah, I, I don't mind the antagonism. And again, this is a very a very technically cool shot. That this golf cart is moving for this entire shot. It's a long shot and. We see Scooter getting thrown off it. Um, Scooter seems to get angry really quickly. I guess... I, uh, You know, I, I like I say, I don't mind them doing new things with the characters and trying different angles on the characters, but um, I guess the fact that we already have seen a few bitter Muppets in this episode, it seems like a little bit much to have Scooter also jump to anger immediately, but... Um, that's, a,
0: that's a good point. Um, I will say... Um just going back to my previous point about Kermit is I'd rather see them angry than sad so yes. I'm okay with angry Scooter but as long as that's not his default
1: yeah, yeah no it, it's fine and I do like when, uh, when she says that she knows about Hollywood and she says I'm an actor and he says then act like you're interested in the tour I'm giving you
0: <laughs> snarky Scooter snarky yeah that's funny uh, so in our our next scene, we do get our our next set of celebrities. Uh, it is the band Imagine Dragons. Uh, as Janice points out, did you know that the original name for Imagine Dragons was Imagine Dragons?
1: And the Floyd says, "I thought that was their name." Their name. I know yeah, they, they kept, kept it. it. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. great I because the joke just now, but yes, <laughs> that's great because um, a lot of people probably had no idea who Imagine Dragons are people watching at home. So it tells you who they are while also being a joke.
0: Yeah. Well, and they don't really get much of a spotlight. Later on in the episode, they sing sing their song Roots, um, but they kind of do it over the credits. Um, They only get like one or two lines in there. This is not like a Muppet Show guest where they have like a whole, like they get to do fun things and they're they're interacting with different characters. Um, At one point, one of the band members um, asks Animal if he wants to come on the road with them uh floyd says animal does not uh does not do road trips uh with uh, road tours rather animal says too many women too many towns
1: a joke that feels like it's in the wrong order that is true shouldn't he have said too many towns too many women
0: that's a really good point um and it's also weird to see like this is the evolution of like the animal that shouts after and chases after women like this is this is not just because he's a beast it's because he's like a rock star and that's what they do
1: yeah i guess it's a little i don't know he's <laughs> it's, it's it's a little less i guess it's a little more acceptable to have him do a line like that than to actually have him physically chasing women around i completely agree yeah it's very true there's a nice
0: little moment uh coming up here where um Uncle Deadly kind of walks up behind Kermit and starts lint rolling him, and then Kermit reminds him that he's lint rolling his skin, skin. And yeah. and then Uncle Deadly lets go of the lint roller, and it's still stuck to Kermit's arm, which I thought was very funny.
1: Yes, which is really the only thing Uncle Deadly gets to do in this episode, although he becomes the breakout character character sensation of this whole series.
0: Yeah, get ready for that. Yeah. I, I'm very excited to see a lot more weird Uncle Deadly stuff. Yeah.
1: Oh, there's also, we, we can spot New Zealand in the background in one of these shots around this time. Um, he's wearing just like a plaid button down shirt, which makes me think that they, I, I, Bill Prady, the, I don't know, is he credited as the creator of this or the developer?
0: Uh, he, he's definitely credited as, uh, credited, credited as one of the
1: writers. Okay. Um, but he must yeah. be one of the producers as well. I just yeah. that in front of me. Bill Prady, who had worked on some Muppet projects back in the 80s, um, who had since created The Big Bang Theory, a show I don't like <laughs> at all. So I was sort of cautiously optimistic about whether he would be good for this show. I remember him giving interviews um, around the time it premiered, um, where he's actually said that they were going to try to avoid doing the really wacky, silly things from... Past Muppet stuff, and New Zealand was one of the examples he gave. He's like, you know, on, on the Muppet show, there was New Zealand who threw boomerang fish, but we're not going to do stuff like that. So, in this scene, New Zealand is an extra in the background. He is actually holding a fish, but he's not wearing his funny clown like costume, and he does not throw the fish. He just holds it while wearing a sensible plaid shirt.
0: It's such a weird misunderstanding of the characters, you know? Um and like, what's the point of New Zealand like having him at all if you're not gonna have him do some wacky stuff, he right? And have that, to be throwing boomerang fish. <laughs> but like, come on,
1: right? His presence in the background almost feels like <laughs> like the, the puppeteers or somebody's little little form of rebellion. Like, all right, we're get, we're gonna sneak him in here. He's not gonna throw anything, but we're we're gonna sneak him in the background. <laughs> Surprise, New Zealand! I like right. it. Right. Stealth, New
0: Zealand. <laughs> So uh, next week, we find out uh, why uh, Piggy hates Elizabeth Banks, because they had a really dramatic breakup that happened to be next to an Elizabeth Banks poster, Um, which I'm not sure is really a good enough reason to hate a human being who wasn't even present. But uh, there you have it. Um, The breakup scene felt a little too real. Like it was a little too like this is a real breakup and like that's good and bad, I think. I mean we we just ca- like we like we said, we just got off this big promotional thing for them for the show. Right. Where Kermit and Piggy are broken up and uh, you know, this is like a, we're we're supposed to be considering this a real relationship. That's what that's what the show is, is asking us to do. And so a real relationship needs to have real stakes and this is what the stakes are. But um, it wasn't fun. It wasn't funny. You know, it wasn't something that we've seen before from Kermit and Piggy. Right. So I'm not sure it would necessarily fit with this, uh, with a, with a Muppet program.
1: Um, Yeah, it's interesting. I guess, I guess it kind of depends on what you think of their relationship and what it should be and what it can be. They've had these little moments. I guess they don't usually, they're, they're very fleeting, like in the movies in in the great muppet caper when they have although uh, the duck pond argument has a lot of laughs in it and then there's a few seconds of like genuine emotion and then they move on to a song or in the muppets take manhattan in the in the central park uh, argument where they yell at each other and it's funny and then there's a few seconds of emotion and then they then they do a song. So, yeah, I guess this is the first time that they really lingered on such a dramatic relationship moment for Kermit and Piggy. Um I think I like it. Um I guess I'm glad they didn't do too many more scenes like this between the two of them, but um it's interesting. Again, I'm I'm very much in favor of the Muppets trying different things and new things even if it doesn't always Work.
0: Yeah, uh, I I agree with that last part that you said. I don't think that this one necessarily worked for me, but I, I do agree that I do like that they're they're they are trying things, and sometimes you gotta throw a lot of you know stuff at the wall.
1: And also, the I think the performances are really good. Uh, yes. Steve Whitmire and Eric Jacobson are really really going for it, and I actually feel sad for Kermit and Piggy when I watch this scene. So I think now they it, did does something it make right.
0: it better? Does it make it better or worse? Uh, that you didn't even know that they were
1: dating before this <laughs> like, that's a like whole other never thing. really confirms no yeah. that's a whole and that's yeah when everyone was so up in arms about kermit and piggy are broken up it was like uh, but you know okay uh, on the muppet show they piggy was chasing kermit he didn't really uh return her advances most of the time and then in the movies they got you know in the movies was, I think, where they sort of more allowed them to be romantic. And I think that's where people get their impression of the Kermit and Piggy dynamic. But even then, like every, <laughs> every talk show interview in the 80s and 90s and 2000s, people are always asking so oh kermit what's up with you and piggy and kermit will say oh no nothing we're just you know we're friends we're just we're professional we work together and then oh piggy what's up with you and kermit and she'll be like oh we're married we're you know we so (laughs) they've they've never really been together it's not like they're yeah, it's yeah. I I love that about them. I love that, that they've
0: always kind of been. It's always the answer is always yes and no. It's, it's yes. The, it's a Schrodinger's muppet.
1: Right. I guess. So when but people like, saw the headlines that said Kermit and Piggy are breaking up, and they were like, no, you can't break up Kermit and Piggy. They have to be together. It's like no, they're they're not together.
0: <laughs> no, so, they need to be both. That's right, exactly. the thing, They need to be both. That's, right. So, uh, at the, the scene immediately following that, Kermit is, is about to go apologize to Piggy. But first, the, uh, this is our, our second reference to the fact that we're filming a mockumentary, is that Big Mean Carl is being interviewed. And he's about to tell this like <laughs> angry story about his, about his dad. Yes. And as he's talking, the camera whips around because they notice that Kermit is going to Biggie's uh, dressing room. And that's a more interesting story for, for what the mockumentary wants to right. tell. So I, I appreciated funny. that a lot. Yeah, that was good use of Carl. I love that uh, Big Ben
1: Carl is on the show.
0: Yeah, me too. Not to be confused with Carl, Becky's dad. And Who
1: is also kind of mean. Yeah. Not as big.
0: He's normal-sized mean Carl. <laughs> yes. Um so uh anyway so they have a heart to heart Kermit apologizes and then Piggy has a moment of honesty, and she says, "I don't know what you see in your girlfriend, and you're getting a little tummy." And then Kermit has this great moment that I love, <laughs> where he's like, "Well, it kind of goes away if I stand up straight." And he's looking down at his tummy, and you know, Kermit is kind of his body is kind of egg-shaped.
1: He's round. So like, he yeah. Really,
0: yeah, he's like got like a he does have a little tummy naturally, and he's looking down at it. And and Steve Whitmire does this great move where he's like kind of like standing straight, looking straight down. His neck is straight down, and he's rubbing his tummy, and it's exactly what I do when I look in the mirror. <laughs> And I'm like, oh man, I'm getting a little tummy.
1: Yeah, well, he says it it goes away when I stand up straight, doesn't it? And he looks down and goes, oh no, it doesn't.
0: No, (laughs) I didn't hear that because I was laughing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they
1: they do some really great puppetry things in this. Yeah, yeah, and especially Kermit, I think.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, Steve Whitmire was and is like a world class puppeteer. He was was just as a manipulator of a puppet. He right, and by this time he's been.
1: He's been playing Kermit for such a long time, so he's figured out some some cool tricks.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, so uh, anyway, uh, Miss Piggy is now okay with Elizabeth Banks being on the show. They have an interview. They're talking about you know Miss Piggy getting a nip and a tuck. And uh, Kermit says to Scooter, um, "Did anyone tell Tom Bergeron that he was he was bumped from the show?" And Tom Bergeron is standing behind him saying, "No." But he figured it out <laughs> which is hysterical
1: yes i love that
0: that's good tom bergeron right there
1: yes i was actually hoping that they would make that a running gag like throughout the season tom bergeron would keep getting booked and then bumped from the show i kind of wish yeah, they like done uh
0: that. lindsey buckingham in uh what's up with that on saturday night live yeah. oh yeah yeah um, so that's pretty much the end. And then Imagine Dragons comes out, they sing a song, and Animal uh, breaks a drum and then gets lost in it. That, I yeah, there's understand.
1: a really weird gag that we don't really, it's not really made clear what's happening, where Animal is beating this big bass drum and then tears through it. And Sweetums runs on stage and says, he's gone. And then Statler and Waldorf say something like, oh, is that the way out of here? So yeah, that's that's a weird note to end on.
0: Yeah, that was not not a great ending to, to an episode. But that's it. That's that's the first episode. That's of it, the Although we
1: didn't mention Sattler and Waldorf apparently come to watch the show every night. Like on the Muppet show. They're they're at every taping. So that's a nice touch.
0: It is a nice touch. Especially, I mean, the, 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 I don't know why. It feels like there's more of a question of why they're there here than they are the Muppet show. And I don't know why that is. Hmm. Um, but uh, I don't know. Maybe that's just me.
1: Why do they always come here? I guess we'll never know.
0: I guess not. Uh, but uh, yeah. Again, like what we were saying before, uh, everyone has a role, and Statler and Waldorf are the audience. That's their role. Yeah. The rest of the audience, by the way, is all humans, which seems like a missed opportunity to at least have like a mix of humans and Muppets. Ah, oh,
1: you're right. Yeah, they should have had some monsters and yeah. Yeah. Creatures. Again,
0: it's cheaper just to have extras.
1: Zelda Rose <laughs> should have been in there.
0: Yeah, F- Fozzie's cousin <laughs> who looks like Fozzie but wears a bowler hat.
1: Yeah. Yep. <laughs>
0: Uh, so that's it. That's the that's the first episode. Ryan, how did how did you like it? How did you feel like it worked as a pilot?
1: I think it's a really strong pilot. I I can absolutely it, it makes a lot of sense to me why we were so optimistic about the rest of the series after seeing this first episode. And yeah, watching this, I kind of like was thinking, yeah, I, I if every episode had been as good as this. Maybe more people would have stuck around.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, I think had the um, yeah, had the show continued to go up in quality after this, like steadily even better, then yeah, that would have that would have really nailed it because um, this was a good start.
1: Yeah, I'll say if it had been as good or better, then yeah, yeah. yeah. And sure. as we say, they did kind of miss the mark on some of the allowing the Muppets to be silly and weird. So, yeah, that, there's still definitely room for improvement.
0: Yeah. So we'll see uh, what kind of improvement uh, they're going to do over the next 15 episodes. Mm-hmm. So keep on listening to The Muppets, the Sitcom, the podcast uh, week to week as we continue to review the show with our special guests. Uh, my name is Joe Hennis. You can follow me on Twitter at Joe Hennis. Where can people find you on the online, Ryan?
1: I am on Twitter at me, Ryan Rowe
0: rate uh, and you can read more by both of us and as well as the uh, the rest of the Tough Pig staff on social media at Tough Pigs that is Tough Pigs on um, Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and wherever else <laughs> you can uh, you can think to find us. Everywhere
1: you can also go back and read the reviews that we wrote of each episode five years ago um, I think you and I maybe both reviewed this one. Yeah I think one of us did a spoiler free and one of us did a spoiler full review at the time. Sure.
0: Well, we'll link to all those in the show notes. Yes. Uh, and uh, be sure to listen to the rest of the podcasts that we have on this channel, uh, the Tough Pigs podcast channel. We also have a second channel for moving right along, as Ryan and our uh, our friend Anthony Strand are reviewing the Muppet movies two minutes at a time. Uh, so please give all of those a listen and a great rating and tell all of your friends. And keep on reading toughpigs.com. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. Bye. Thank you.